If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneurial experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of the bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Labs branding team. Today on the show, I'm joined by Nate Cardin, founder of Jesus Academy and the former director of programs and partnerships at Bunker Labs. Nate is also an Air Force veteran, and he and I go back to 2018 in my early days of the bunker when I was a volunteer running the New York City chapter of the WeWork Veterans and Residents. Every time we saw each other, we talk about books and best practices for entrepreneurs as Nate was developing a lot of the early curriculum for Bunker Labs programming at the time, many of which we still utilize today. In January of 2020, just before the pandemic began, Nate stepped away from the bunker to pursue his own entrepreneurial ambitions, first with a faith-based startup and eventually his own, Jesus Academy, which makes products to help others live a more happy and fulfilling spiritual life. Regardless of your religious affiliation, there's tons of value in today's episode. Nate takes off his armor and talks about his struggles and failures as an entrepreneur and what he's learned along the way. This episode couldn't have come at a better time for me personally, as I began to reset my North Star, focusing on my health, my family, and being more intentional about how I spend my days, and it was great to talk through it with an old friend. Before you hear from Nate and I, be sure to subscribe to the Transition newsletter at the link in the show notes. I send out a newsletter at least once a week, and if there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, feel free to shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, MetLife provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Nate. Welcome back to the bunker. I can't say welcome to the bunker because you're an OG. You were here before I was. And uh, I don't know if I've said it on the platform yet, but back in the day, you brought me on to record some videos, uh, which were the pre, pre the, what, what do we call it? Not prerequisite, but it was like pre-transition, right? It was like a pilot series where we we're testing out, getting some interviews and everything. And then uh, the pandemic hit and uh, here we are with the podcast. Yeah, man, it's, it's it was us in the basement trying to figure out what this what this podcast is. Um, so it's it's practice. It was practice for this, maybe is a is a word. Yeah, man. Well, I'm glad to finally have you on the show. You've got a lot of different things going on. You know, I can describe you as what do you call uh, a pre serial entrepreneur? Because serial entrepreneur is like after you've already hit that success and then you just start scaling it. <laughs> but guys like us that are trying to figure out where we want to end up. Right. What do we mm -hmm. call us? That's a good word. Pre-serial entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing, but hopefully I'm coming out of that. Yeah. You know, and we say hustlers, right? You just kind of figure <laughs> it out, right? Not the Gary Vandercheck kind of hustle, but just, you know, we figure it out. We start a project here, start a project there, generate income, test, validate, and then we get feedback and we get better and we become stronger entrepreneurs. And then we do hit that, hit that success. You know, I, I don't think, and, and I'm sure we'll we'll get into this though, that 
that the way we figure it out is through hustling. It's, it's only been when I stopped hustling that I've realized my pattern, like all entrepreneurs patterns of, um, you know, I've, I've been listening to Alex Hormozzi. Have you, have you heard of him? Yeah. Is he the, the CEO of, uh, he was CEO of Reddit. No, he started, a. um, he owns acquisitions.com. He wrote a book called hundred million dollar offer, which is incredible. If you haven't read it. Um, I know you're talking about he's got, hundred million dollar offer guy. Yeah. 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 So he's got, he's got one video where he talks about how, you know, most, uh, really wealthy people, the billionaire types, they, their path to success is what he says, um, macro fast, micro slow. So it's, it's kind of this linear path where, where most failed entrepreneurs lie is they're micro fast and macro slow, which means that they're in this direction. And in 90 days, they're in a completely different direction. And then 90 days from there, they're in a completely different direction. They're always changing, like every every quarter, every year, every two years. And I think that's where I've been. <laughs> I've tried five or six different ventures. And I give up way too early on, on each idea because I don't see initial success. And I, I completely change uh, ideas or ventures. And I think that's the reason I'm still a pre serial entrepreneur in your words. Yeah. Well, I think I do want to clarify because you do, you do bring up a good point, right? What I think I'm more interested in when I say the kind of hustling is this mm -hmm. idea of that so many entrepreneurs we see as a success, this wasn't their first venture. Very True. few of them just came out the gate and hit a home run. They had right. so many ventures that they launched that were failed uh, projects or whatever. And then they use that feedback to learn and grow. And so that way, when they did hit that success, they already had all this experience from what didn't work out before. So there's that piece of it. And I think the other thing that you kind of have to learn the hard way is ventures fail for two reasons, primarily two reasons. Number one, no market need. And number two, they run out of cash. And so mm -hmm. although we might come up with these great ideas at incubators and within the bunker, and, you know, we get a couple, couple paying clients, we think it's really good. It's not until you really lean into the venture and you start trying to sell that you realize that, hey, maybe there's no market need for what I'm offering. So there's no matter how good of an entrepreneur you are, that certain ventures will never be successful because the market just isn't there. And even with myself, when I launched Ironbound Boxing's for-profit, the corporate wellness, you know, on-site boxing classes for companies in New York City metro area. Yeah, I got a couple clients, but can I really say that there was a strong market pull, that there were a lot of companies spending money to solve this issue, which was that they needed on-site wellness for their employees, particularly boxing, you know? And then once the pandemic hit, everything went virtual. And so now all of a sudden, like there was really no market need for on-site. So yeah, I was able to lick my wounds and do virtual boxing classes, but reality that wasn't for me. And so I do, I don't think things are so kind of black and white, but I do want to give our listeners an opportunity to say, it's okay to test and try new things, but you're right. You do got to give you got to lean in long enough for them to achieve liftoff. Well, I completely agree with you. You know, 
it, the reason it does take four to five business ventures to eventually find success, you know, I, again, I think most people think it's, it's a problem with their business model where the reality is it's more likely a problem with the entrepreneur. It's, it's, it usually takes four failures for a CEO or like a want, a entrepreneur to learn humility that their, their path to the, to the top of the mountain is not the only path to the top of the mountain. You know, it, it's not only humility, but the ability to bring other people into your vision and how to sell that. It's, but it, it's also, you know, sh the ability to share equity, to share ownership of it. Like, you know, most people who fail their first or second or third business, they want to own everything. They want to control everything. And the thing that I've learned the most is, is maybe the, the value of a team. Yeah. I've, I've tried to do it by myself for the last seven years. And because of that would fail over and over. Um, because, and the thing is it, it just, it takes a ton of introspection to learn this about yourself. It's easy to see it in others, but I'm only now, and I've, I've taught this stuff, uh, for years. You know, th this is like why I developed the me canvas and launch lab online is like, this is for, for entrepreneurs to, to, look at themselves and see, okay, is this an idea I can commit the next 10 years to? Is this something that my, my family, my wife and my kids will be okay with me spending this amount of time doing all of those things, I think contribute either more to your success or failure than the, the solidity of, a of, of your business model. It's like a great entrepreneur can do more with a mediocre business model than you know a poor entrepreneur can do with a great business model brilliant in the basics perfect customer i know tech silicon valley teaches product market fit but we teach perfect customer fit now right do you have yeah. someone that loves your products or services willing to pay you a premium for them tell everyone how amazing you are and make you enjoy being an entrepreneur and can you mm -hmm. get one of them can you get 10 can you get 100 customers right? There's just all these basics of doing business. Do you drive sales instead of hype? You know, mm -hmm. you can spend an entire mm -hmm. year posting on social, have no money <laughs> in the bank account, and you throw together a Google doc and go close 10 perfect customers. So totally. you're right. It's like, and that's why I think too, too, going back to like the me canvas is like, is entrepreneur a good fit for you? Mm -hmm. How do you know entrepreneurship is a good fit for you? You step into the ring, you get beat up a little bit, you find out, at the end of the day, can you are you still standing? You got a bloody nose, but you still love it. You still enjoy showing up each day. Then mm -hmm. chances are yes. For other people, entrepreneurship they need to stay. <laughs> they need to stay away from it. And <laughs> I was talking to um, Yossi Feinberg, who runs Stanford Ignite and the Post 9/11 Veterans Program that I went to. And mm -hmm. I asked him. I said, Yossi, when we were coming through the program, could you tell who of us were like we got it? Like, I think you're going to be a great entrepreneur. And he's like, Mike, I don't even think about it like that. I'm more of like binary. Like, is entrepreneurship for some people? Is it for not? And I use the program as a way to give people a taste so that we can identify quickly rather than, you know, later on down the line, they're like, hey, you don't need to be anywhere near this, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it's season seasonal as well, you know, for 
for me, I just accepted a job. And, you know, I think the stage where I was at, where I've, you know, trying to go it alone and uh, trying to do it all by myself and spending all of my savings, like we in the military, we were willing to take insane amounts of risk. And, and I think, it, you know, as Todd wrote about in his book, I think this is his whole point with third shift entrepreneur is, you know, don't, that's, it's not smart to take as much risk as we're willing to take, take calculated risks. Uh, it's, it's better, especially if you have a family. Uh, <laughs> and this is, I think Todd would be shocked hearing me say this, but this, it's taken me time to get to this point to realize the psychological value of having an income. It, it takes pressure off of your, your hustle, your side project, which isn't a business yet until you have enough customers to support you, which, you know, I'm realizing it's going to take, it's going to take that time to test and find out who your perfect customer is and what your, your, your product that serves their, their pain point is. And it's, it, it takes time. Man, I appreciate you sharing that. And I tell people this all the time of like, Hey, get your revenue on your hustle or your venture up to enough that it replaces your full-time income. Now for some people, it might be hard to get, let's say I'm making like, I don't know, $150,000 a year. Probably got to sell a lot of e-commerce products to justify your salary, but it, can you cover your cost of living? Right. And there are different mm -hmm. phases in that. And I'll say for me, right, I ran a non, I run a nonprofit, right? When I got better as an entrepreneur and was able to replace my income through Ironbound Media to allow me to work on Ironbound Boxing, I've seen the growth like night and day because like you can feed yourself, you can cover your bills, all the basics. And so when I'm advising entrepreneurs, I'm telling them the same thing of like, hey, we've got to phase this thing out in parts. So before you jump out the airplane with no parachute like I did. Let's get some revenue. Let's get our perfect customer dialed in. Let's build a legit business with month over month revenue. And then you could ease into it. And so, man, me and you just kind of jumped in and start conversating. I can already tell it's going to be a great conversation <laughs> today. And before we went live, you know, I asked Nate, I said, you know, uh, what's a win look like for you today? Because every time I invite a guest on, I ask him. And Nate said, I just want to provide value to the bunker community through the lessons I've learned on my own entrepreneurial journey. And so let's take it back, Nate, please just for real briefly, introduce yourself to everyone because I know we just kind of jumped in and then I would love for you to take off your armor for our listeners. Sure. And what, can you give me a little more context about taking off my armor? I'm happy yeah, so for when we take off our armor, you know, there's this one side of entrepreneurship, which is on like the cover of Fortune magazine. Mm -hmm. You see him on LinkedIn, so-and-so just raised a bunch of money. And everybody's like, Nate, you're killing it. Mike, you're killing it. But then behind the scenes, you know, like I'll take off my armor. I want to spend more time on self-care. I've been yeah. in hustle. I've been driving. And I want to like take more time on self-care. What am I eating? working out, et cetera, because I feel like I've had a lot of success as an entrepreneur lately. But when I look at my self-care, my personal self-care, the time I'm spending with key relationships in my life, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not prioritizing them enough. Yeah, man, that's uh, super important. And it's a huge part of the last two years for me. So if I rewind, I went to the Air Force Academy, finished in 2006, 
and went to grad school right out uh, in Paris, France for two years, uh, which was a hard tour of duty. Um, I finished, uh, I got a master's degree in finance and strategy, but went into hospital administration after that, spent three years in uh, Hampton, Virginia at Langley Air Force Base and deployed to Afghanistan in 2010 and 11. And that was the the end of my five-year commitment. And so I had a, I had a management, uh, advisor, uh, I was a management major at the air force Academy. Um, and my advisor had a huge impact on me. He, he gave me the entrepreneur bug, if you will. And so I've always, since then, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've, I've loved the idea of entrepreneurship that I love the competition of it, the, I, the, you know, taking something from idea to, uh, like a, a, a finished product that, that adds value to the world and to people. Um, I didn't know what that was. And, you know, I think there's, there's distinct, um, advantages and disadvantages to coming from the military. You know, I, I think one of the things, you know, we're, we're always told is, you know, you guys will outwork anybody out there. And so we, which is a good thing, you know, and we, but we take that and we think that that is the path to success. It's just, it's working harder than anybody else. And it's not necessarily, you know, the ability to take breaks, as you just said, let me just pause there to, to, so I don't just, um, cover the next 10 years, um, um, without, without knowing I'm, if I'm going in the direction that you want me to go in. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're good. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Well, so let me talk about, you know, the, I think the transition, this is called the transition. Yeah. Well, actually um, you gotta take off your armor first. Oh, take off my armor. Okay. Well, you know, I'll, I'll lead up to that. I think, um, so I just learned what you're talking about. You know, I've, the last 10 years and I'll, and I'll get into the details of it. Um, since I got out of the military, I went from venture to venture, uh, kind of, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, I was so desperate to make an impact on the world. And I think it was largely driven by my ego. Um, but it was covered up in so many different things. You know, it was like, there's the Christian aspect of me that I'm doing this for God. And, um, and, and I, you know, I could justify it to myself cause I wasn't, I turned down potential like high paying jobs to pursue these entrepreneurial endeavors. But, it, you know, at the back of it, there, there obviously was the, the hope of a big payout, you know, if it, if it was, if it did turn out well, you know, I think like many of us in our generation, especially autonomy and freedom was, was more important to me than, um, than just making a lot of money. Uh, but in the end, I think that, that became my God, if you will. And I think that's why I was unable to, to really like commit to one thing for, for 10 years. So, I, you know, um, and this, this is a recent, this is a re recent and, um, revelation to me in the last month. Um, and I'll, I'll, 
I'll just go ahead and share, you know, the, the company that I'm working on now uh, is called Jesus Academy. It's an e-commerce company that sells planners and journals. So um, part of my, my journey has been, I started, you know, I was so focused on work and so focused on success that I would, um, I neglected every other aspect of, of health in my life. I neglected relationships. I neglected my physical health, my mental health, um, spiritual health in some ways. You know, when I worked at Bunker for four years and was was on the leadership team and had a full-time job, I was, I was busy. And at the same time, I was working a, basically another full-time job on the side, nights and weekends, to start my own company. And that was... Again, I was so desperate for success that I, I like pushed myself beyond what I was capable of until finally in, in probably September timeframe, I was working for a different company then, but I hit a, just a breaking point and I had, I had zero drive, you know, and a burnout is a cliche, but it's real. And, um, I, I, was um living in atlanta at the time and but it was turning gray and getting colder and so i talked to a friend i was like dude let's go to brazil for for a month you know it's like thanksgiving christmas time business is slow we went and dude i was like you know what this year 2021 i'm i'm gonna take i'm gonna learn how to take a break i've always dreamed of learning how to surf i've dreamed like dreamed of living abroad again learning Portuguese. I, I love the Brazilian culture. The people are so open and, um, receptive and welcoming. And I did that for four months, five months. And I, I completely recharged and a huge part of that, of one, me taking off to Brazil was journaling. Uh, like I started pen to paper journaling every day and I was going through a book, uh, called the artist's way. And I think it's really helpful for entrepreneurs as well as artists. But the the whole concept of that book is to write three pages a day to make a commitment to yourself that you're not going to miss a day. And what that did for me was it gave me, it gave me one, the space, because I'd, I would leave my phone in another room, the space to think and to contemplate my life, to, to see what, where I'm not happy. Uh, Cause it's, you know, when we're on our phone, on email, watching YouTube videos, listening to podcasts from the minute that we wake up to the minute we go to bed, we, we have no room to, to contemplate which direction we're heading in. And so that, that like 30 minute pause every day, I started to see, okay, well this, I'm, I'm not, I don't want this in my life that I do. And I'm not doing it. Why not? Um, and it gave me discipline, making a commitment to myself and keeping it uh, for the first you know, time in a long time. Then what happened is when I did that, I was like, I started to value myself. I started to work out again. I made space uh, in my life to eat healthy, you know, to spend time with people, to not work as much. And I started get, like, you know, as I moved to Brazil, I continued down this journey. And it, it takes time, this like, this journey of 
of healing, of, you know, finding that stability, which, which will make you a better entrepreneur takes time. And so to take off my armor, what, what has happened in the last month is, you know, I, after I recharged, I got the idea for my own planner, like a physical planner and, and, and journal, uh, called the peace planner and joy journal. And, you know, built the brand Jesus Academy around them and, and launched in January. So I spent a year and a half designing the planners. I built a whole online course, essentially that I I launched these videos on YouTube and got a ton of great feedback on the videos. Um, over, over a couple months of releasing them, uh, you know, once a week. And so I'm thinking, you know, this is this past January. This is three three months ago, four months ago. I'm thinking, okay, you know, once I launch, I'm I'm gonna like take off finally. Um, when I launched in January, I hardly got any sales. It was like for a couple friends and family, and it shook me to the core, bro. It, I was like, I was devastated. I was like here I am again. I've, I've poured my heart and soul into this project that I believe can change the world, can change, you know, anybody's life and nobody cares. And do that is like, that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow. And I know, and that's what most entrepreneurs go through. Um, but this was, this is like number five or six for me. <laughs> I'm pushing the average beyond four. Um, and I was journaling. I was journaling. I was like, I was frustrated with God. I was like, God, these, these like ventures that I'm doing, like I'm not doing purely for the money. That's part of it. But it's like, I, w- I desire impact. I want to help people. Um, why am I not getting like success? And he, um, I felt, I felt was like, okay, go check out your, your goals in your peace planner. Cause there's a space in the peace planner to write down your goals for the year. So I go to check it and here, here were my annual goals for 2022 that I wanted one to sell 12,000 books and make half a million dollars in revenue to, to go from, I have 700 subscribers on YouTube right now. I wanted to go to 50,000. Um, I think a thousand members in my, in an online community or something like that. My quarterly goals were to raise $200,000 <laughs> from January to now to April, raise $200,000. And, and two, to sell the 2000 books that I did on the initial print run. So I I did a thousand peace planners and a thousand joy journals and it hit me, dude. I was like, you know, if you look at on, on paper, it, it doesn't seem crazy, but to me, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Those goals are, they're insane and they're unachievable for somebody with no team, a limited marketing budget. Um, trying to do it all 
by myself. And it hit me that this is my pattern for the last five to six years is I'll, I'll find an idea that has real value, like real value in the world. And I'll, I'll spend two to three years researching it and building a brand around it. And when I, and as when I launch it and I don't get much, um, sales in the first couple months, I abandon it and move on to the next idea. And so, you know, you're familiar, I'm sure with Gates principle, Gates law, which is the, in the long term, um, we underestimate what we can do in 10 years and we overestimate what we can do in one year. Right. And so my, my pattern I think is setting such crazy, insane, unachievable goals in the short term in three to three months to a year. And when I don't hit them, I keep moving, I keep moving my deadlines back, which to me, um, you know, when we do that to ourselves, it, it, it kills our self-confidence, kills our esteem, self-esteem and, and that affects how, how we're able to operate as, as entrepreneurs, um, just in, in our, in our day-to-day motivation to, to keep going forward. And so, you know, with, with Jesus Academy, I'm like, it was a big revelation for me and a, a big, um, you know, I think maybe, um, wake up call to, to, to set short, smaller, short-term goals and to just hit them one after the other. And you, you build confidence, you build self-esteem, you build momentum and traction. So I hope that counts as a taking off my armor, but it's been a huge thing for me. That is a great way to take off your armor. And I appreciate you being vulnerable because so many of our listeners reach out to me and say, Mike, your podcast helped me get through the day, you know, because they're Mm. going through the same stuff. And Mm. I want to talk about some things you said, too. But I also want to take off my armor before I dive into that. My girlfriend threw a surprise birthday party for me. Um, I turned 35 today. And my girlfriend threw a surprise birthday party for me in New York City at a cigar bar this Saturday, right? And it was very elaborate because I thought we were going to an event for her and one Mm. of her incubator programs. So I was all dressed up. And I'm like, why are they having it at a cigar bar or whatever? I walk downstairs and there are like my closest friends in life, right? Mm. Down there in this cigar bar and there's a table. And I was just so blown away. And I realized seeing everyone how much I miss all these relationships, mm. you know, how much I've like not prioritized certain people. And so I'm walking away from this more sad than anything else of like, man, I've got these amazing relationships in my life that I already have. And you know, when you have people there in front of you and you miss them still, mm-hmm. you know, I was just like, my brother, <laughs> man, give me a hug. You know, I'm just like, man, I need to do a better job of prioritizing these things. Mm-hmm. Cause there's so many people I've impacted you know, through my work with Ironbound and just being a good human, I think that I didn't even realize that like I've made an impact in their lives. And so for these people to come out of Woodworks on a Saturday to come show me love, I'm like, man, I feel like I've done the opposite. You know, like I've just been in my little (laughs) hole hooking and jabbing. And so Mm. now I'm coming over like, man, what do I got to do to be more fulfilled in that arm? Because Mm -hmm. yeah, at the end of the day, who cares you make a million dollar business, but it can't take it with you to the grave. 
That's you know, right, man. These That's relationships, right. we only got one life to live. So mm -hmm. I'm constantly aware of that. And I'm like, I need to start practicing. Mm -hmm. So I want to go back to one, one of the things you said about goal setting. And I grew up in the church too, down in mm -hmm. East Texas, Baptist. Mm -hmm. And in my church, people would be like praying for good health, praying for finances, right? All these asks, these things that we want to kind of manifest. Mm -hmm. And we would set these goals. But you know what I never was taught about? Yeah, it's one thing to pray for good health. It's another thing to be like, yo, go to the gym 20 minutes a day. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like prioritize your meal, cut out sugar, cut out this, cut out that. And I think for us as entrepreneurs, right? Cal Newport talks about it in his book, Deep Work. You got those lead and lag measures. The mm -hmm. goal is I want to raise $200,000 for this venture, or I want to sell 120,000 journals. But the lead measure is I'm going to write a LinkedIn post once a mm -hmm. week mm -hmm. and I'm going to lean into it. Mm -hmm. So for us as entrepreneurs, it's like, what are we doing to drive the outcome that we want? And mm -hmm. you're right about the small wins because guess what? It might be good to be like, I want to sell, you know, 120,000. How about I sell 10? Boom. I built my confidence. Okay. I got to 10. Let me get to a hundred. Boom. Right. I get to a hundred. Now let me get to a thousand and the mm -hmm. systems and the processes that got you to a thousand. Now you pull jet fuel on it and it gets you to 10,000 and then you start to work your way up. But we kill our confidence when we set these audacious goals and we manifest them. But it's like, are we doing the work to make it happen? And how do we know we're doing the right work in the first place? Mm -hmm. Is that a question? No, I'm just, I'm curious your feedback on that. Oh, dude. I mean, I've, that's everything, you know, and I'm, um, I think especially in the short term, you know, I think it's, it's good to have, you know, the vision for where you want to end up, um, outcome wise, but that's long-term, you know, I think if you set outcome goals in the near term, that it, it leads to disappointment. And so I think in the near term, and I'm talking quarter, I would say mostly quarter quarter. I think it, it, it's, it's, what, what can I do on a daily basis and, and achieve that, that will move me towards my yearly goals. Um, and that's, I've, I've, I've changed around the way that I set short-term goals now. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I realized that, you know, uh, a month ago, as I said, and that's, that's kind of how I planned out this second quarter. What's interesting to me, Nate, I'm being honest here too. So I'm curious to hear your feedback too. Yeah. When you were with the bunker, you created a lot of the programming that we have now with Launch Lab Online. Like you say, the me canvas and, you know, how you identify whether you have a good product in the market and stuff, et cetera. How has your personal experience on your own entrepreneurial journey make you look back on a lot of the tools and the research you did to create to support current entrepreneurs? Do you feel like you were close? Do you feel like there were some things you would go back and change? Now that you've kind of had your own experience, well, what's interesting, dude? It's 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 contrary to what most people think. the The breakthroughs, the solutions to to where we want to get to, is not content. It's discipline. the The ability to um, to get to where we want to is is probably ninety percent discipline. 
10% course correction with content. The content, the content is, is, is right. I mean, you know, from in launch lab online, a lot of what we're doing, every other accelerator in the country is talking about, you know, it's, it's Y Combinator, it's 500 startups. It's, it's like, everybody's saying the same stuff, but it's the ability to, to like what you said to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, for five years, for the next five years, I'm going to put out a podcast a week, or I'm going to put out one blog post a week. Can you maintain that, you know, over time? And, and that is the internal stuff that, you know, it, it takes a me canvas type tool, or it, it takes a journal to, to work out, you know, why am I doing this? You know, I think a lot of times it's like we hear a podcast or we see a YouTube video and we have a momentary spark of motivation, but do that fades, that fades within the first week, you know, like your boxing analogy, it's the, the first punch in the face you get, you're like, okay, I'm done. But if you know why, and you have the, like you build discipline, discipline is like, I think Jocko Willink is right. It's, you know, discipline and motivation are, are, are muscles. Uh, willpower is a muscle that you build it's you know the the analogy that it's um it's a resource you know a limited resource that you know is 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 valid to some extent but it's also a muscle that you have to build um so I th does that does that answer your question it does and i'll tell you i've read probably god knows like 500 business books and you're right all the frameworks and stuff are just sometimes they just use different language but it's like all the same things 100%, you know? man. But I do think there's something that comes with that pattern recognition, right? When you know, like, what are the fundamentals of building a successful business? And you can see it over and over and over again. It's like, I see where other people, I just gave this talk today and I gave a master class to the VAR, which as you Nate, know, Nate, I started off in and I told the story of two entrepreneurs. One entrepreneur, they both entered the VIR at the same time and they mm -hmm. both launched their businesses. One focused on hype, posted on social media. He went public, let everybody know what he was working on. The other one just went behind the scenes and started closing deals. Didn't even go public, just closed, closed, closed. After being in business for a year and a half behind the scenes, he built a six-figure business. The other one, at the end of the year, had about $30,000 in a bank account and was mm -hmm. woe is me. And turns out they were the same entrepreneur. They were me. Right. So when I launched Ironbound Media, I didn't go public with it. I just went behind the scenes and start selling, driving revenue, found out that I had some people were willing to pay for. And after mm -hmm. I had perfect customer fit, right, I knew that I had a product that people needed and I knew how to demonstrate my value and deliver it. Then I told people, oh, by the way, Mike runs Ironbound Media and everybody mm -hmm. knows me for boxing teaching the kids and the nonprofit. They didn't know me for brand strategy and podcasting, but what I did behind the scenes was for a year, I improved my skills. I got a business coach and I got out there and I learned. And so I say all that to say of like, it's all the same stuff, but sometimes you might be looking at it through the wrong lens. A hundred percent, dude. And I think that's the, that's the value of bunker labs is, you know, you've got, you've, you've got very talented, people, very hardworking people coming out of the military that are just ready to sprint. And, and so I didn't say content is nothing. 
that 10% is maybe as valuable as the, as the 90%, right? As I said earlier, it's not just working hard, it's working smart. And that, that 10% of content, the frameworks that Bunker Labs and other business accelerators offer is invaluable to entrepreneurs because, because (laughs) we were entrepreneurs who didn't have that framework. And we went out and spent five years chasing, like chasing our tails with hype, like you said, or, or other things that didn't matter. You know, we spend six months trying to figure out the, the, you know, tax structure that, that we should be in or how we should incorporate our business and things that, that don't matter at first, you know, like to have a bunker labs organization tell you first, who is your customer? Like, who are you helping that? And, and what is the problem that you're solving? Like that, that singular, um, direction, directional question is invaluable. It's like, and that's the thing. You don't need to worry about anything else. Figure that out like, and get very specific on it. I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, men, I'm selling to men. Like this is the, this is the work that I'm still doing with Jesus Academy. Cause I feel like, you know, I could sell it to a bunch of different people. Um, you know, well, maybe women buy journals more men don't journal that much. Um, what kind of men, um, you know, it's not just like any man on the street, you know, who are the people that are really feeling the pain right now? You know, I think it's uh, where I'm leaning now is, is pastors, pastors during COVID have been stretched thin and they're maybe the most burned out demographic, but I'm talking to get that specific in a niche to know exactly how you go and target people that, you know, most entrepreneurs don't, don't ever get there. They're like you said, they're, they're chasing a thousand different things that, that aren't important in the beginning. It's funny. You mentioned the pastor thing. Cause I was just on with an entrepreneur named Kelly McCoy down in St. Louis, Missouri. And she told me that her pastor quit. He's like, I'm done. I'm going on sabbatical. <laughs> it's too much. He's like, I'm yeah. out. Y'all. And so it's funny you say that because to me, that's like, you're right. That is something that is happening. And that's why I say about like the market pool. And even just hearing you talk about the product, I'm thinking out loud, like, you know, a man that's going through a divorce that is dealing with this new phase in his, in his or her life, mm-hmm. you know, and now mm-hmm. they're having to rebuild and they're having to start from scratch. And it's like brilliant in the basics. How do mm-hmm. I get a small win when I'm depressed? You write in your journal, right? Dude. Small wins. You take a shower. You know, you brush your teeth. Yeah, for anybody that's dealt with depression, right? They say that. They like you gotta do just the small things. Just get a small mm-hmm. win for the day. So I'm thinking about that as you start talking about that that journal. It's like somebody that's trying to reset, somebody that's not fulfilled. Because when you talk about divorce, when you talk about dealing with the loss of a loved one, when you start talking about these things that are real pain, like mm-hmm. I need relief from this now versus like a vitamin, like, oh, that's a knife to have. When you yeah. position your product around a pain that people are dealing with, like on a day to day, that's gnawing at them, right? That that journal can be uh, a a version of pain relief for them. Yeah, you know the way I think about it, James Clear in his book Atomic Habits talks about keystone habits. You know, because everybody get is going to get thrown off the wagon. How do you get back on the wagon? Is is the question? Um, you know, when when you get in a rut and you like you slowly start the cycle down of you know 
oh well you know i'm stop the diet but it's you you missed a day or two here and there working out and then it's like a week that you miss and then like the next the, the next domino is you stop eating healthy and then like when you're like your boss asks you to stay longer at work or work on the weekends you're like okay yeah you know i'll do that and you 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 begin this downward cycle of just getting run over uh emotionally physically spiritually all all different areas of of health you lose any boundaries of yourself and so having a small keystone habit like you said is fundamental to getting back to to reversing that that downward cycle and going back up it's like you carve out space for yourself you set one one boundary even to yourself you know sometimes especially for entrepreneurs uh, and this just hit me i think this is so vital like what we don't realize you know for entrepreneurs we are our worst um <laughs> enemies i think when it comes to to overwork you know it's 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 rarely the boss you know you know if you look at like people i think on the outside say well you know how did you get burned out working at bunker labs like todd connor's an incredible you know founder ceo um blake hogan's incredible ceo it was me you know it was the pressure that i put on myself the the to to be successful as fast as i could that i didn't give myself breaks and and we as entrepreneurs rarely give ourselves any breaks cut ourselves any slack um specifically with with work it's like we we slap ourselves in the face and you know stay hard <laughs> right david goggins and jocko is like no dude you know the value is in is in rest and recuperation and getting the getting the strength and motivation to to consistently show up every day it's funny you bring this up because literally nate i was having this conversation with my team this morning I told them, I said, I got to get in a better habit of not filling in my calendar. Like I see white space and I'm just like, oh, here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. And then you just fill it in. And then you find yourself like exhausted, you know, because you're like, you put this on yourself, right? It's like, how do I make time for like this free space? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I talked to somebody else today on a phone call about reminding myself that we control the outcome, that internal locus of control. And you know how in life, Sometimes you feel like you're losing control, that like stuff is happening to you mm -hmm. instead of like, listen, I, I control time. Like if I want to take the day off and get a nap and go to the beach, I can do that. Nothing is stopping me from doing that. It's just this mental whatever we have on us that we start to to put on ourselves and we load up our calendars and we load up our books and, you know, we just we lose control. And so because I have self-awareness is I try to practice Anytime I'm feeling so overwhelmed, I take a moment to say, okay, why is this happening? And where can I get the control back? Remind, it's almost like you got to talk to yourself. Like you have to remind yourself that like everything that's happening right now, you have control over for the most part. And I'm just talking about your schedule and your time. Obviously, life, death, divorce, all these different things happen. You can't control it. But just in mm -hmm. a sense of like, you know, our basic schedule. You know, it's like we well, can own that at the very least. Maybe that's a good start. A hundred percent. Well, and this this feels like a you, you teed me up here <laughs> because so you know I would say 
instead of leaving blank space on your calendar, you, you have to fill it in with things that will bring life to you. Because if you don't fill it in, if you leave it blank, it's going to get filled in with things that don't, that, that's, that suck life from you. For instance, you know, and this is the, this is, I think where most men are today. Um, I, and I, I think this is why I want to, to help men the most is that we have a tendency, you know, you, you listen to Jordan Peterson or you know, there's a number of guys, Cal Newport, you know, a lot of these guys will talk about it, but the, the idea that men have a tendency to focus 120%, usually on professional success. Women are better at saying, okay, you know, 80% business, 80% family, 80% physical health. I'm, I, I, you know, that is happiness is, is being balanced in all these different areas, not being perfect, um, which men have a tendency to do and they'll, and they'll sacrifice physical health. They'll sacrifice financial health, spiritual health, relational health with their families to be successful. And it's usually makes them miserable. You know, if, if you look at, it's crazy. Um, and I can share these, these YouTube links with you, but you watch interviews with Elon Musk. He, he says it and we don't believe him. He says, you don't want to be me. I'm not happy. Like working the hours that I do, he's like, I, I haven't taken longer than a week. I've taken two week vacations in the last 10 years. He says this is in interviews. He's like, and I think in some tweets, he's, he's like, I've, I've got bipolar disorder. I'm, I'm stressed to the max. Like you don't want my life. Um, you know, and I shared this in a talk, um, cause I, uh, I sold planners and journals to a high school in Alabama and I went and talked to the students there and everyone is dealing with, with anxiety and depression today. Um, you watch a video, it's crazy. You watch a video on Michael Phelps, um, talking about success and it's a motivational hype up video. And he's, <laughs> it, it's, it's like he brushes over it. He's like, you know, it, it just takes hard work and, and there was a point where I wanted to kill myself and, and he keeps going. He's like, oh, but I, you know, but I kept showing up and hold on a second. And, and I think now, you know, with the weight of gold and, and the documentaries now, it's, which is highlighting the mental health issues of most high level athletes is the insane pressure that they put on themselves. And he, he talks about why he's, why he was so depressed. I, I don't, I don't know if he, if he consciously was aware of the cause but from a, a viewer's perspective the cause is clear he says he didn't take a day off in six years he, he was like you know if you take a day off it's like you go two days back and i think as entrepreneurs we feel that it's like you know the person next to me is hustling if i take a day off they're going to beat me and so this is part of what overworks us and and, and it leads to depression dude so my whole thing is like, and this is what, it, what you know, I practiced this on myself. I took, you know, basically a sabbatical is what going to Brazil was. It was like, for me, it was, I'm going to, I'm going to learn to trust God enough with my financial security and my future success that I can take a break. 
and this is to me the beauty of of the Judeo-Christian way of life, which this is what God trained the Israelites in the desert. Is it's like most people think the Bible is a list of rules. It's it's really a framework for how to live a full, fulfilled, happy life. And it's this, it's like, you guys were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. You don't know how to take a break. You're addicted. You're addicted to work. And this is us in the U.S. right now. We're addicted to work. And, and what, what God tells them is he's like, look, there's seven weeks during the year where I want you to take off of work. This is how I want you to break out your year. And he says, okay, in your weeks, I command you not to work one day a week. You have to go play outside, spend time with your family, enjoy your relationships. And then he says, and this is how I want you to break out your day. Like there's specific times in the day where you have to stop working and go to the temple and make sacrifices. You have to take from your security um, the things that you're that give you a sense of control in life and and re- remember that it was me who gave that to you this is his prescription to how to be happy and it works <laughs> it's like dude when we take that time to zoom out from the from the rat race that we're all in and and we get this perspective on life man life is short what is like what is it if i you know if i in if i'm 50 and I'm a multimillionaire, but my I'm divorced and my, my family hates me and, and I have no friends left because I've I've a I've neglected them. I haven't called them in years. What's the point? I think too, um, I've been thinking about this even just with the Michael Phelps thing. That success is so small relative to the rest of life. You know, like Michael Phelps won the goals when what, like 08? Yeah. Is it like Beijing? What are we in 2022 now? It was just like small moment in time where there was like all the hype, all the whatever. And then there's all this other life to live. Mm -hmm. I think about that with boxing too, right? Like king of the world, heavyweight champ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are they, you know, 10 years later? So it's like, you're right. Like it's the, it's the, it's the whole year. It's like your whole life is the portfolio. It's not just that Mm -hmm. one little success because it fleets in a minute. I remember when I won the national championship at Navy. Yeah, man, I won. Woo, belt. About five seconds later, I was like, man, I've been away from school for like a week. All those <laughs> tests, all those finals I got to make up. It was mm-hmm. like the world came at me at like 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, celebrate the success, prepare for the success. But also, like, can you enjoy the pathway there? And like for me, one of my goals in my business is, and my, I've been getting a little pushback from my friends because they don't understand the level me and you were talking yet. Mm-hmm. Right? They're like, Mike, you need to scale. You need a team. You need all this other stuff. And I have team, but I don't necessarily want like a hundred person. Co- I don't want to build a beast that I hate showing up to every day. A hundred percent, dude. For me, my lag measure is how do I build a business that allows me to enjoy each and every day and express my creativity because we spend so much time working. Let's be honest. You're going to spend the rest of your life working. Might as well enjoy what it is you do. And also going back to what you said is, can I also work less? Can I prioritize those relationships? All those people I showed up to at my birthday party, 
why are they not on my calendar more? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it shows me that like I haven't prioritized this relationship mm. and I got to do a better job of it. That's great, dude. And I mean, that was, that's, that's all in the me canvas, you know? So for people listening, like that, that is a hundred percent. The goal of bunker labs is, is for you to create a life that you want. It's the, the goal is not to build a huge business. The goal is to build the business that you want, you know, that you're helping the people that you want to help and you're, you're operating in an environment that, that you have the skills, the unique ability to deliver on that, um, that solution, uh, and that pain point to solve a particular pain point that brings fulfillment. And we want that for you and we want that for the world. Because if, if, if more people are involved in, in their sweet spot, the world would be a better place. This is why I'm interested in your journal. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. I remember my life before I went full-time on Ironbound, mm-hmm. right? I was working at St. Benedict's Prep here in Newark. I was going, wrapping up grad school. You know, I just remember the world being different. I don't remember my brain being always on. Once I went full-time, I just feel like my brain is always on. And mm-hmm. so one of the things I'm working on now is like, how do I quiet my mind and not just read business books? I just bought like mythology by uh, Robert Fry today, right? Those mm-hmm. old great books, like you said, that mm-hmm. the human experience. Now his is, he kind of breaks those stories down, but you understand what I'm getting at is like, how can we find that meaning? That's just a purpose. How can I break things up from just reading all these entrepreneur books to get back to the basics? So like mm-hmm. me, before I went full time, I wasn't reading entrepreneur books all the time. I was reading like James Baldwin and all kind of stuff. And so I want to get back to that. Yeah. Well, dude, you know, I think the first, the first thing is, and this is counterintuitive, but take a break from reading, from consuming any kind of content, you know, I think what we realize we're addicted to content right now in the 21st century where all we do is consume, eat, sit and eat. It's like, man, this was a big thing for me is when I went to Brazil, I was like, I want, I want to be outside. I want to get physically healthy. I want like, I want to learn what it means to be a human being. You know, I think, you know, it's, like coming at, I came at this from a Christian, like worldview perspective, right? Like what, what does, what does Christianity tell me that a human being is? And I think what, and other people like outside the Christian sphere are picking up on this, like, you know, and, and these are people within the core of Silicon Valley who don't like the direction that, that the human race is heading in. You know, like Jaron Lanier who says, you are not a gadget. And and I think one of the core worldview perspectives of Silicon Valley is that a human being is just a brain on a stick. And that, um, you know, that one day we're going to abandon these these physical prisons that that our soul lives in and fly off and into the sphere or be uploaded into the cloud. And, you know, for me, I was like, okay, the Christian perspective is that a human being is the marriage of flesh and spirit. 
And, you know, in the Christ, the church, the Christian church is just as guilty as, as anyone else in society of, of misunderstanding what a human being is. And, you know, today, like church services in a lot of areas have moved online completely, but, you know, but, but biblically speaking, the, the a human being is a, is a person, is a physical, tangible being as much as they are a spiritual being. And so, you know, in, in the planner, in the peace planner, one of the core things is, um, and, and this, the, the ultimate goal is, is mental health. But I think for mental health, the path to mental health is physical. The path to mental health is taking care of your body. It's, is sleeping more. It's eating healthier food. And so I, I, I created this system. It's, it's, I call it the five healthy habits, which are those, those three, right? All body, like sleep, exercise, nutrition. Uh, the, the first, the first healthy habit is prayer, like, which is, is, is simply pausing your life, taking a break from all the stuff that you're shoving into your brain. And I have a saying, I think, I think anxiety is simply mental constipation. We got so much clogged stuff in our brains that a journal, it helps you kind of exercise your brain and, and unclog the pipes, the neural pathways in your brain. And, and it gets a lot of the words out. It's kind of, you know, vomiting onto page. Um, but so it's, it's prayer exercise, nutrition, sleep, and, and finally having a hobby. Like we've, we've forgotten like how to have a physical hobby. Our rest today is, is Netflix. It's like, you know, we have a hard day sitting down on a, like in front of a computer all day inside. And we say, Oh, I'm tired. And we think, we think that rest is then going home and sitting on a couch and watching, you know, a, a Netflix show or a movie, um, it's not rest. It, it's only working our minds more, as you say. It's and that's why, like, our brains are always on, and that's why we're 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 anxious and depressed and restless. But I think you, I think you'll find if you get outside, exercise your body, sleep more. And you, and you have to intentionally plan these things. And that's why the, there's, it's a system, a planner and a journal that one, you plan two like the journal is a keystone habit that builds this discipline to then get outside. The goal is, is to live in the physical world. If you want to be a thriving human being. Dude, I love it. And as we wrap up here, I got a couple questions for you too. This is why I'm 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 saying I'm not even joking, right? Right now my quarter is my book, right? Mm -hmm. I'm publishing my first book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur, but it's also clearing my head. And like, how do I get back to the basics? How do I get back to this out of this hustle mode, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like we're having this conversation at the like the perfect time. But I'm curious to learn from you. You saw the opportunity to create content like this before the pandemic. Right. I think you approached me. We had like lunch in like New York City in like mm -hmm. 2019 when you were running marketing at Bunker. Where did you recognize the value in having these conversations for our audience? 
It's a good question. You know, I've, I think for, for me, I've, um, I've been interested in, in one creating, uh, video content for a while. I think, you know, video, audio, like the ability to, to feel like you're in a room with, with other people, um, to like see them is, is a, is a very powerful medium to influence people, to, to open, to open doors. You know, at Bunker, we say, um, you'll be what you see. And I think, you know, for a lot of veterans who are getting out of the military, you know, they, they don't know what's available to them. And I think the value of, of shows like this is, is to completely expand their idea of what's possible. Yeah. It's one thing to kind of think of it in a bubble, but when you hear guys like me and you talking, right. And you can mm -hmm. see, you know, let's be honest. We're like, we might be like two or three steps ahead of somebody sitting in the VR right now, but mm -hmm. until you hear it, until you see us, you don't know it's possible. I call it that Roger Bannister moment. Nobody mm. thought Roger Bannister could break the four minute mile until he did it. And then All everybody right. else start breaking the four minute mile. So platforms like this show people what's possible and kudos mm -hmm. to you for identifying it early on. Cause I remember when you approached me, you saw me messing around with my little uh, iPhone and stuff I was doing. Yeah, here we are, you know, almost 80 episodes later, they all have mm. been published, but we're on the, on the march to a hundred. And so many entrepreneurs have been positively impacted. I know because they talk to me, they reach out, they send messages. I run into them at events and they say, Mike, you guys are my morning drive. Thank mm. you. I hear people and we don't even talk about the, I mean, I talk about the transition from the perspective of the entrepreneur, but there's so many veterans that are in the midst of their own transition, whether out of the military or in between jobs or whatever else. And they literally say, I feel like you were speaking to me. So kudos to you for identifying the value of having these kind of platforms for our community. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that's just obvious is, is you, Mike, um, you know, I don't know if you get, you know, I'm sure you do. I, I think, you know, everyone who, um, is involved in bunker, you know, back when I was, when I was involved, uh, was <laughs> in almost every department. It's like, how do we get Mike Stedman involved? Um, when you walk into a room, you, everyone, everyone stops and, and asks, who's that? Um, and pretty soon they find out because you're you're so curious about people and and you love people so much that you you come up and you're like, hey, what's up? Who are you? Um, and so it's it's like it's an obvious thing that that you're running uh, this show. Um, I, you do an incredible job, man. I want to thank you for 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 being um, that light to to so many people, including me. So. I appreciate it, man. I found out that the gift of gab was my zone of genius, but it took a while. Like you said, it took that experience and me going through my own journey and saying, Hey man, I really like this. I'm really good at it. Can I build a life for myself around it? And it was so funny. Y'all I get a call one day and it's Nate <laughs> and Nate. I was like, I hadn't talked to Nate in like two years. And Nate was like, man, I'm out in Brazil. I got something I want to say. When can we get on the podcast and chop it up? 
and he sent me a journal. He sent me two of his journals. And here we are, man. And before we went live, like I said, I was like, Nate, man, what, what prompted the podcast talk? You're like, I just feel like I want to help people. I want, I got value to add as I've gone through my own journey. And this is a great opportunity to express yourself and share those lessons learned. And so, you know, Nate, I want to ask you two things. What closing remarks and advice would you like to leave our listeners with? And number two, how can we support and elevate the work you're doing with the Jesus Academy and your current products? Wow. Um, the, the first one, if there's anything that I have that could benefit people, I think that is, um, is take care of your physical health you know, first. Oh, oh, I'll share this. I think this will be valuable. With the planner and the journal, it's hard to know like where to get started. And, and, you, don't, and you don't even need a, a peace planner and joy journal, although I think they would help. To, to do this challenge, I created a, there's a, a five minute video. You can find it on Jesus Academy's YouTube channel. Um, a great way to start is, um, is to do three things. And if you can't do these three things, just, just pick one of them, which is journal every day. Um, so I, th I think the, the real value in changing your life comes in the, in the, in the first 30 minutes of waking up and the last 30 minutes before you go to bed. Um, so these, these, these two primary action items, um, and there's one that facilitates it. The third one is to leave your phone outside of your bedroom. Don't, don't go into your, your bedroom with your phone at night. Um, which, which prevents you from staying up late and getting bad sleep because you're looking at a screen. Uh, and it prevents, you know, wasting 20, 20 minutes in the morning because it's the first thing that you pick up and you're scrolling through social media. So if you leave your phone out of your room, you get better sleep. But two, you might be more likely to pick up a planner and think about your day the next day because, and, and this is, this is you, you see this in the self-help world, but it's, it's very true in that when I think about my, my day tomorrow, the night before, I have a way more productive, efficient, and like effective day. Um, I'm happier with the outcome of each day when I plan it the night before. So that one thing is to plan your, your, your day, your next day, the night before to journal for 20 minutes at the first thing in the morning before you check your phone, do those three things for 30 days. I guarantee your life will change. Um, so that's um, what I would like to, to leave with you guys. What was, what was your second question? How can we help you? How can we support you? Yeah. So again, like the real value to me at, at this point is, is to help me find my perfect customer. Um, so if, 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 if you think that the Joy Journal and the Peace Planner will be valuable to you, you can find, you can find them at JesusAcademy.com. And I would love to hear from you if you've used it, if you're using it, want to use it, thinking about using it, you can email me directly. Uh, I'll give you my email. It's Nate at Jesus Academy.com. I got, I, I want to really dial in, um, who my, who my perfect customer, I want to be, I want to add value and, um, I'll take all the time necessary to, to try and help you out if I can. 
Nate, man, I appreciate having you here with us today. This was a great conversation. I have been trying to be more self-aware, even on the platform of like, listen, there are entrepreneurs that are dealing with marriage issues. You know, they're trying to start businesses while raising a family, right? There's all kinds of stuff that we're dealing with. So while it's great to come on here and just talk specific about like, oh, the entrepreneurial journey and what people are challenged, it's also important to incorporate like life. You oh, know, man. like how do we be better humans? How do we appreciate this existence, this short dash that we all have? And how do we make the most of it? And I feel like this conversation is a great way to continue that. So I appreciate you here. We'll be sure to include the link to the journal as well as your email in the show notes. Um, for everyone that's tuning in, I strongly encourage you to reach out to Nate, take advantage of his offer to email him, try his product, give it a test. And again, it's these simple things of like leaving your phone outside of the room, which I need to practice, right? So that I can go to bed and read and do other things than just being plugged in all the time and make those small changes. You got to make it easy. And I feel like the journal is one way to make those changes easy. It's like, oh, I want to be a different person next year. Start by journaling every day, you know, start by journaling in the morning and before you go to bed. And so for everyone that's tuning in, make sure you head over to uh, JesusAcademy.com. Is that correct? That's it. Yeah. Place an order for the journal. Also want y'all to subscribe to our newsletter for the transition. Remember, we send our newsletter at least once a week to share the latest episode of the transition. And if there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, feel free to reach out to me at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn. Head over to bunkerlabs.org and get plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem. We have programs that will take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to grow alongside other founders and CEOs. Until next week, everyone, peace, love, have a great rest of your week.